that's it. Hello. He says at the beginning of each show. He's a depresso espresso, isn't he? Yeah, it's good. Hello. How are you doing? All right, thank you. How are you? Very well. You wrapped up warm there. Is it cold in the Shire? It's not particularly cold, no. A little bit. Why? Yeah. Are you freezing there? No, no, it's mild as anything here. Oh. Bizarre. Are you uh, cracking open a, a cold one? Well, it's not cold. Oh, what it's is a, that? It's a shepherd neem. Oh, nice. I am having a beer. It's been a long week. I'm having a glass of water. Because it'll probably be a long day. You've got a busy day. Actually, today isn't too bad. There's not that much for me to do for this wedding. So the past few have been um, intense. So uh, it's a uh, nice, it must be it's a nice wet, break. Wet outside, though, in intense, isn't it? Like weddings in tents. <laughs> we had a big wedding in a tent actually recently. Yeah. It was a series of tents, like a like a a, a circus or a Henry the Fifth's Field of Gold. Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. Yeah. Was that for Marky Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, dear. <clears throat> Ralph says hi. Excellent. Hi, Ralph. He's, he's very barky. Please excuse uh, his his and um, Boudicca's barking, but there's a, a solar panel people next door. I see. Mm-hmm. Are they going off grid? They're hopeful. Uh, are they going <laughs> off grid? I think they'd like to, our neighbours. Mm-hmm. Are um, they are they eco um, I don't warriors? Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, but they've had them fitted already. The fitters just lifted all the roof tiles off, didn't cut them. They've just left holes in their roof where they uh, they mount the solar panels to. Wow, quality, That's isn't it? Quite something, isn't it? Oh, I just think they just fly by night. These yeah. a lot of these solar panel companies are just subbing everything out, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I was, look, I, I was reading something about solar panels, and I looked, and it mentioned um, domestic wind turbines and uh, how they're becoming increasingly popular. And I just, out of curiosity, looked at how much uh, a typical domestic wind turbine costs to install. Yeah. And it was, it was like 35 grand. And they they say at current prices they can save you between four and £500 pounds a year. So you'd have to, yeah, tilting you know, at windmills. Seventy years, <laughs> seventy years to pay it off, which doesn't seem particularly uh, sensible. No. Oh. Well, we've been meaning to record this for a few weeks, haven't we? Um, we have. Tried, so- we were, we were going to go back onto a weekly schedule, and then Rob screwed it all up by oh, yeah. uh, being busy. I did. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Sure. You know, our fans have been clamouring. Have that? Is is your uh, uh, inbox bulging? That's just the way I'm sitting, Rob. <laughs> Welcome to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. And this is episode 112 in a series of 3,482. It's amazing we've got them all planned out that far, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as usual, a top level professionalism will will run through this like a golden thread through uh, the field of gold. Very poetic. Uh, right. Okay. So, uh, what's up? So, how are you, Rob? Hello, Rob. <laughs> Normally, do that right at the beginning. No wonder your dog's that's bark. My, that's my Monty Don sort of. Uh, hello. Hello. Oh yes, I like. I prefer the Monty Don style. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm good. Thank you, John. It's been like you said. It's been a busy few weeks uh, with weddings and trying to squeeze in my work 
here and there, but uh, I'm good. You? Good to hear. I'm okay. I'm feeling a little bit uh, sniff, sniffly today, Rob. Uh, you said I was sniffly you yesterday. Feeling, I think yeah. you've passed it down the uh, down the interwebs. Sorry um, about that. Yeah, it's just that time of year, isn't it? School, mm. school children, wet weather. It's sniffle time. Yeah, Steph's yeah. currently a proper little snot goblin. Oh no, poor thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, hopefully, I can uh, fight it off. I'm cooking a cooking a sausage pasta tonight. Which is kind of like a bolognese, but you use Italian sausages, oh. right? And uh, I've got I've got into uh, I've got a pressure cooker, so I'm right. going to be pressure cooking them. I'm really in, I'm well into pressure cooking. Are you? So, yeah, saving energy. I can tell by your voice and the way you've leaned into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do like cooking, but uh, but pre- I've always wanted one, but they've always been a bit expensive and they seemed a bit scary. Mm. Um, but they were on sale, so I grabbed one, and um, they're really good. You know, if you like cook a lot of beans and things like that, that take ages and ages to cook. Yeah. You know, 15 minutes, Rob. Good you've got, Lord. You've got, a, you've got a whole load of chickpeas for your hummus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, please do report back on your sausage bolognese. In fact, I've taken our um, sort of legume and bean eating to, uh, to I've, I've taken it over the top and um, I've overdone it because Kitty just broke down in tears the other night at dinner when I served her up some lentil stew and there were just big fat tears rolling down her face oh, bless daddy her. can't we just have some normal food oh in the 70s when things were about a, a little tight money wise at one point in my childhood my mum went on like an economy drive and she started cooking as lentils mm. but i've got a feeling the lentil stew only lasted one meal because was it rejected it, it was quite yeah unanimously rejected by the household yeah i do um, remember that the, the hissing danger and this spinning metal weight on top of mm. the pressure cooker when i was when i was younger growing yeah. up um definitely uh back in the 70s when um energy again was in a precarious state but, mm. yeah but you can cook things in a third of the time and uh so it you know it's using i'm just thinking about you know the environment cut, cutting down da- well, you're just thinking, thinking about, about the pandas the i'm thinking about my gas bill <laughs> Well, that sounds exciting. Yes. Anyway, that's a that was a segue and a half, wasn't it? <clears throat> no, I liked it. We should talk more about food. Yeah. Um, so tell me uh, what you've been up to. Well, uh, so weddings, obviously, lots of weddings, and I'm I'm still working on uh, the kind of tabletop role playing game. So I'm still doing concept art for that. I saw some three uh, D renders of some little things I'd drawn. Uh, came through this week so that's quite exciting so they're going to get 3d printed um and i'm working on a little card game as well which is another uh that's just a single illustration so it's a card game it's going to be kickstarted and the reverse of every card is going to be uh an illustration by a different artist so i'm doing one of those that's nice and then i actually got someone else got in touch this week uh, who's doing another tabletop role-playing game? And they they said we'd like some spaceships designing. So that's going to start. In what did I so. say, Rob? What did I say? As soon as I know. known, and you, you know, and and good luck to you because uh, you you are awesome. So um, well, thank you. And I think that you bring a lot of graphical finesse to games that are ne- mm. needed. Um, 
Oh, I played a great game last night, actually. Go on. It's an old one, but it's called Lords of Waterdeep. It's Dungeons and Dragons uh, themed. Okay. But it's a kind of a worker placement game. Um, it's from 2012. So a work placement game. Yeah, worker placement. So you have these little wooden figures, like they're called meeples, um, right. or workers, and you send them out from your uh, homestead, or you, you right. normally get a card, so you normally get okay. a few of these. Send them out, and you send them to buildings or places or whatever, and then they gather resources, and then you can okay. spend your resources on doing things. So to complete quests in this, which you get cards that are quests, you have to gather resources. Oh, okay. There's you... lots. Of, there's lots of kind of online iOS games like that, aren't there? Yeah, I think it is actually available online. Okay. Um, that that game, but uh, it was just. It's just a brilliant. If you've never played a, a more sophisticated game than, you know, Cluedo or whatever, mm. and you want to get into board games, and I'd really recommend this as a as a good starter because it's got so many mechanics in it that are used in other games, but it's just done really really well the theme the link to the theme's a bit iffy but dungeons and dragons is nice isn't it and all the cards yeah, yeah. are beautifully illustrated and um, it's a nice little town that you have to go out to the buildings and go and get resources and it, it yeah it's about 40 quid it's a, i think it's really worth worthwhile cool if you want to get into gaming that, that's <clears> well really i really one. do want to get into gaming which links me quite nicely because this week i backed uh a game by uh mouse press Oh, yeah. Who we've talked about lots of times. Yeah, he's, uh, near, and it's, he's near me, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and it's called Kariko, A Magical Year. And it's a tarot-driven story game. Uh, and it is based vaguely on Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah. I mean, I assume the vaguely bit there is to avoid any copyright issues. Um, <laughs> but I've backed it because you can play it as a a solo player. And I don't have any friends. So that was the only option for me. But it looks lovely. Yeah, his his games are great. He's raised a ton of money for that. Mm. Um, so yeah, well done. Uh, yeah, this I one's can't on remember his name off the top of my head. What's oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jack Harrison. That's it. So yeah, yeah well, yeah, well this done, one's Jack. raised nearly a quarter of a million quid. Yeah, I know. And uh, I've got a couple of his um, solo sort of RPG. They're called. And uh, I, I really rate I really rate him. I think he he's did a the really good nuts writer. and bolts, the nuts and bolts the, thing. Yeah, didn't he? Bits, and bits of bucket of bolts, bucket of bolts. Yeah, he's just got a really nice voice, and he's mm. got a real, a really good eye for good design. And he gets people on board to uh, do his illustrations for him. So maybe uh, he'll mm. be uh, his eye will be roving your way. <laughs> well, um, that'd be nice. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so I've backed that this week. Uh, also in uh, gaming news this week. I'll hold this up to show you. Has yours arrived? No, I just got a dispatch notice. Oh, okay. Looks really nice. Um, so this is the Dice Man book, which is about the origins of Games Workshop, which was, was it an Unbound thing? It wasn't Kickstarter, yeah, was it? It was Unbound. It is Unbound, A yeah. similar sort of thing, but just for books. And it looks lovely. So it's about the founding of Games Workshop and the history of it and everyone involved. Uh, and I think that would be a really good read. It's beautifully done. It's got lots of stuff about fighting fantasy, Warhammer, Citadel miniatures. Yeah. Loads of pictures. Looks cool. Smells nice too. Yeah. So Un- it's got, unbound books always smell nice. It's got a nice, um, what's it, like a matte linen bound cover? It's, well, I've just gone for the straight matte cover, but it's got nice um, varnish it, on the illustration. Yeah. The but title. is it glossy inside? Are they used gloss, glossy pages inside? Uh, they're, they're like a silk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's nice. That uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So that's quite. I'm kind of trying to immerse myself a bit more in gaming because I'm working more on game bits and pieces, and I really have no idea. I still haven't played any kind of game like this since I was about sixteen or seventeen. Dungeons and Dragons or Traveller or something. So I need to. Get well, back in. I've got, a, I've, got a ge- I've got a game later on that we might want to uh, maybe meet up and play because cool. um, it's not it's an RPG. Um, cool. But I just think this the uh, the subject matter is right up your street. So we'll, oh, that sounds we'll good. come back to that one. So you've been busy with weddings, but uh, drawing wise, you're doing quite a lot of projects. It's you- all kind of sci-fi stuff. <clears throat> so the st- like the concept art. Uh, which I'm not really a concept artist. I'm a drawer of things, but that kind of sometimes fits quite well with the concept art because it's, you know, at the minute I'm drawing some scenery pieces for the tabletop game, which is kind of Warhammer-ish, but sci-fi, kind of hard sci-fi. So I'm kind of getting my head around drawing stuff from different angles and, and different elevations and stuff and kind of trying to figure out how they're going to look and work. Um, so it's quite interesting. I'm kind of learning, learning a bit, yeah. doing that, um, which is nice. Doing it all digitally. Um, I haven't drawn anything traditionally for a couple of months, maybe. Wow, that's amazing! Amazing mm. change. I am looking quite enviously at the new iPad Pros that have come out. Oh, I was because about those then. Well, mine's five years old, <clears throat> so it's a little bit sluggish. The pen. You know the whole charging of the pen issue on the oh, first yeah. generation ones of pen. Oh god, Apple. Yeah, the the new pencil is just streets ahead. Yeah, but the the new iPad Pro has got the M2 processor in it, so it's going to fly, and it also got more memory, so you can have more layers in Procreate. So, and I'd get the bigger version as well. So that's kind of on my little shopping list. Jolly, jolly good. Um, what else have I been doing? Well, um. I may come to this in a in a minute. Actually, uh, kind of social media stuff that's been a big part of my week uh, because of Elon Musk. Uh, but I had some parenting advice for you, John. Oh yeah, um, always, always courtesy always of cupofjoe.com, uh, cup which is a very middle class blog about kind of food and design and lifestyle and stuff. But there's some really nice food things in there, and occasionally oh, okay. some nice design stuff. But uh, to give you a, an idea of perhaps the kind of voice that it has, I I had this. I'm going to read you this little bit of parenting advice. I won't read it all. Uh, last week, I made a parenting mistake. Toby and Anton had won a bingo game, so I told them they could choose a special drink as a prize. We walked to the bodega, and because I've become a huge softie during the pandemic, they convinced me to let them get Coke, and then for unknown reasons, I let them drink them after dinner. Cut to 9pm when they're going to bed and these little boys are wired. They're wriggling around in bed like puppies and there's no end in sight. We read, we chat, we sing, we cuddle and still their bodies are full of caffeinated energy. Finally, I had a last gasp idea. Anton, why don't you lead a meditation? (laughs) And it goes on. This is just just like my evenings. I thought it might be, John. I thought you'd really appreciate that. Mine was yeah, like, and there's, you, some, there's some instructions there from a nine-year-old how to lead a meditation, so you can probably right. take that on board. No, mine are normally about a talking uh, creature of some sort, um, some kind of Lego invention. And l- yeah. literally, if I'd given my 
daughter LSD. That's what, how she'd be reacting. Um, yeah, no, that sounds uh, Bodega. That, that uh, means it that does get you America, up Bodega, right? It is. Is, that, is that a corner shop? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. It sounds much fancier than it is. It does doesn't sound it? fancy, doesn't it? A bodega. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to the bodega. Who sang about bodegas? Oh, it was, was it Paul Simon on Graceland sings about bodegas, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, in oh. Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, maybe. <laughs> Get you. Um, <laughs> well, very, very. I will take that on board. Um, yes, please and, do. Yeah. What about you? Me? Mm. Uh, well, I'm busy again, Rob. I've got some work on, which is. What? Uh, I know, unheard of. I've been slowly sort of morphing back into work. I've got a fair bit of work on. I've had a horrible week. A company called TSO Hosts. They used to be called Vida Host. It's like a web hosting company. Mm -hmm. They used to be called Vida Host. And then they got bought out. And then that company got bought out by GoDaddy, who, if I said, were probably the worst internet company in the world, I wouldn't be far off the truth. And, mm, um, I haven't heard good things about GoDaddy. No. So the first company, they built this cloud system, which was kind of um, a great way of hosting multiple sites. And I, I used to really love it, and I used to sell it to, you know, resell it on. They've decided to shut it down, but they've only given people 45 days to shut it down. Um, and a lot of people haven't had messages, or the messages have gone to people that are no longer working for them, mm -hmm. because that's how websites generally yeah. work, isn't it? And people only worry about their websites when either um, somebody important is looking at it or it's broken. But so it means that thousands and thousands of people have been trying to access help, trying to move these sites. And they're just literally going to turn off the servers. They're not going to move them anywhere. They're not going to uh, help them after the fact. So uh, this week was the cutoff. And my client had known about this since September, but only got in touch with me on last Friday. Uh -huh. And then didn't reply to my email saying you need to do something about it until Tuesday. So I had one day to move all of their stuff, which was fine. You know, I got paid for it and all that, but it was a real, quite stressy, you know. Mm, I bet it was. Trying it to, sounds horrific. Trying to get passwords out of clients and all that kind of oh, stuff. So, yeah. yeah, if you're with them, I feel your pain. And uh, I know that there's been a lot of people on the Twitter complaining about, not complaining or just saying, this is all I'm doing. I'm moving, mm. you know, 50, 10 hundred sites that they've had on this on this server. my heart goes out to the people who had more than one to do um, i had three but that belonged to the same client so it's been right i've been designing my new website for my business i've kind mm -hmm. of got a really clear view as much as you have a clear view of your own thing um of what i'm going to be what i'm going to be doing uh the services i'm going to be offering and i've been kind of going through old uh contemporary designers uh, sites and um, catching up with uh, things that they've written. So, for example, uh, someone I really like, John Hicks, who's mm -hmm. a, an icon designer and designer and illustrator, um, and just getting their to how they're dealing with their tone of voice. They're, they're about my age, so they're about 50. you just got to change the way. He's had his you... 50th birthday this week, hasn't he, oh, John really? Hicks? He's been oh. in Brussels, Spruge. Oh. oh, how nice. Happy birthday, Mr. Hicks. Um, but he's someone I really admire, but also his voice is, he's really good at capturing the tone of things. And um, I don't want to sound like a 20-year-old code monkey who's into mm. Figma and can do JavaScript and all that kind of stuff. I just want to be, yeah, I've got this experience and I can bring this to bear with your company. But um, yeah, I'm not working weekends and I'm not working long hours. I'm just my own thing. So I'm just going to bring advice and uh, and a bit of um 
a bit of wisdom to your to your business with the designs that I do. So anyway, that, so that's that's so I'm working on that. But you know what it's like; you're never quite happy with anything. It's a nightmare designing for yourself. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I've had half term, but that was a couple of weeks ago now because we we delayed. So that was a lot of a uh, lot of um, educational and entertainment things that yeah. uh, any parent would, you know, if I mention uh, Wizard Week on a, on the train here, we went up and down the train and saw wizards. Uh, we went to Gilbert White's house, which, if you haven't been as a parent, is a brilliant place to go. Really. Really great museum, and they've got the oats collection upstairs. So if you're into any Arctic exploration, oh. Antarctic exploration, yeah. then um, you should go there because the family, the oats family, bought the house to preserve it as a museum for Gilbert White's. And then oh, their, I did not know that. Yeah, and then their son obviously died in the uh, mm. the South Titus. Polar. Titus, Titus, wasn't it? Titus Oats. Yeah, no, it's not. But his dad died. Um, as an explorer as well. Titus Oates? Isn't that somebody who betrayed the, uh, who was like a serial liar for the, uh, after Guy Fawkes? Uh, Lawrence Titus Oates. Oh, well done. Yeah, it's a great museum, um, full of amazing uh, nature stuff. And you can go around his kitchen and his study and all that kind of stuff. And um, But also they always have a permanent art exhibition on there and they've got lino cuts off in there at the moment, which oh, is wow. really lovely nature. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've got an educational center, which is an old oak barn that they've built on the side of the hill because it's part of the hangers, amateur mm-hmm. hangers. So they invite kids in there using art council, art council, one of the art arts council's money. And they do, they get authors in and they do like workshops and stuff like that. So I had kids, no idea there was so much going on there. Yeah. So kids have been over to. A couple of those now. She did a, a creative writing course on Saturday. Um, I'm really trying to encourage her to. Uh, yeah, she's she's really good at writing. So you met an author, and um, they made up creatures. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so that was lovely. So I was a really good half term, but I was absolutely mm. shattered after it. I bet. Oh, I got a new book from Canter Press. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's called Principles of Logo Design by. George Bokhua. He is, I think he's from Georgia um, mm-hmm. and worked in Ukraine and now is, I don't know where he is now, but he's um, he's written a book called Principles of Logo Design. And it's kind of his process for designing logos. And he's very much a, he's into post-rationalization, I would say. <laughs> right. Grid, so everything's gridded. Um, so he draws by hand, pencil, and then mm-hmm. he's, uh, and then he creates very, graphic heavy uh icons and logos um cool that's the kind really, of thing i like to be honest yeah he's got i'm trying to think who he's david airy is it um mm-hmm. logo uh, designer similar style to him also a bit draplin design yeah so quite a heavy line to to his work but it's much more swiss school um and formal than that so Ooh. a bit a bit sounds um, good yeah a bit mike sullivan as well um yeah but there's a lot of gr- post gridding going on there, which is just make always makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's a good that's a good book that's out now. I watched The Bear on Disney Plus. <coughs> I watched the first episode, which was fab, and have absolutely a to awesome acting. Yeah, and yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Every single episode. It's kind of like a super super condensed Sopranos into half an hour of just. 
stress and mayhem and yeah. uh, psychological breakdown. It's brilliant. Um, cool. And you really feel for most of the characters. Um, I'm reading Embassy Town by China Mieville. Is this um, uh, a sequel? I don't know. What was, what was the one with the, the town in between? Oh, yeah, City and the City. That's the one. Was it anything to do with that? No, but it's got a similar theme. It's about a uh, a planet at the end of the universe. Um, so humanity has populated uh, the galaxy, or not the end of the universe, but you know what I mean, mm. and it's a sort of, of known space. Um, and there's an alien uh, race that they have um, they've become sort of cohabitants of this planet with and they can speak uh, they speak a language that um only humans that have been kind of spliced into another human so they're sort of like dual humans can wow. speak to because these creatures speak in two levels at once um <laughs> and uh it's about it's a, it's a story about language and whether um, you're born with language or whether language is um, something that's learnt. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, It's you know, he's got sort of hard sci-fi bits in it, so the travelling to and from mm. planets, um, but also it's got this sort of underlying uh, philosophical sort of uh, bent in it that, that a lot of his work has. I you know, love his you know, writing. Yeah, and it, and it's really good. Um, <clears throat> re yeah, really, really enjoying that one. I think it's one of his most latest, but he hasn't written for a very long time. He yeah. hasn't written a book, has he? I mean, no, no. it's at least He's not eight prolific. years. Yeah. No, I think this is a 2016, something like that. Okay. I think it might be his second last book. Um, I finished uh, Author of the Century by Tom Shippey, which is a sort of a philological look at Tolkien's work and life uh really fascinating if you're into uh language and the development of language yeah um and it sort of <clears throat> looks at uh how deep his uh his his use of language was in his writing mm. something that you kind of you understand when you read behind it i mean you don't know but um you know even the word bag end is a it is a, a, philolog a philological puzzle that he's putting into his work and if it's yeah. that you know if he goes into that much of a shallow use of words it's definitely not lord um dungeons and dragons made yeah. up words you can feel even if you don't understand it like i don't you can feel the richness in Tolkien's writing can't you and the kind of weight of every sentence really well it's almost like it touches on this uh part of uh human history that was you know was uh, oral and so therefore has some kind of deep connection with us um mm. that we we're not really sure about um yeah. and yeah and i think that um you know going on to something like uh and or the star wars universe that's what that's what that that universe lacks is that kind of universal language behind it but mm. i think that something like and or succeeds in is that it's ignored everything that's come before it and just set a brilliant story inside a universe that is interesting um, just and not try to con not try to constantly reference the sort of the shallow sort of royal succession story that yeah. the main story is about. Um, so yeah, I, I think they they sort of they, there's some kind of relationship between the two. And I, I read an interview recently with the guy who was the showrunner on it, and he was like, "I don't even like Star Wars." You know, he's like that kind <laughs> Tony of thing. Gil Tony Gilroy. Is that who it is? Yeah, I, <clears throat> yeah. 
which I thought was, yeah, that's brilliant. And that's what I've been banging on about for years, isn't it? It's like, I don't mm. like the, I don't like the back, the backdrop of it. Why don't yeah. they just set something in there and let it live its own life? And, yeah. And uh, yeah. particularly brilliant, I think. Uh, I've only watched the first three or four episodes. Oh, so. gets really gets better and better. I think yeah. the last couple of episodes. I also didn't realise they're in kind of like three episode mini stories. Okay. So each kind of three episodes, I think, is directed by the same person. And they kind of tell, you know, almost like a chapter, like a three episode chapter. Um, But yeah, it's just brilliant. That is all. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what else. Yeah, I saw you had a mention of horrible histories up in your half term. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I've started listening to Greg Jenner's history podcast. Oh, yeah. Greg Jenner's You're Dead his- to Me. Yeah. Which is very, you know, flippant at times and irreverent. But um, it's a really, I've, I've kind of listened to it while I've been working on wedding stuff. It's a really nice way to get like a uh, a little overall understanding of a, a topic that you know nothing about. Uh-huh. Uh, I've really enjoyed those kind of Boudicca or. Uh, the ancient Babylonians or yeah, really, really good stuff. I recommend that podcast. Um, be good for people with teenage kids maybe as well. Cause there's a bit of swearing in it. Oh, they do do a, uh, a they do a kid's one, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, similar to Taskmaster. Cause my daughter is absolutely obsessed with Taskmaster. So really? There's, a, there's an expedited, <laughs> although it doesn't, it, it just beeps out swear words. So she's yeah, yeah. kind of guessing what's going on anyway. Yeah, it's very funny as Taskmaster. So, uh, have you got any news? I got I got tons of news you have, because you? it's been quite a way. But I will I will try and skip through a lot. Well, of I it. think we just go to all your good news. Well, <laughs> good news. First up is um, Alistair Hall, who creates um, who created Hoxton Street Monster Supply Shop, which we've spoken about before. Mm, fantastic. Um, he's had a pop up shop in Leadenhall, um, which is uh, a lovely little tiny market in London. Mm. Um, and they've had it uh, there. It's on, uh, I think it's finishing this weekend. Today. Oh, today is the last day. So get down there. Um, but he's got, they've got these sort of inflatable tentacles all along <laughs> the uh, the arcade because it is a covered covered market. Yes. It is a beautiful place. So, yeah, if you haven't been there, go and check it out. Oh, yeah, he's got another thing called Ministry of Stories, which yeah. is uh, helping kids become writers um, yeah. using their ideas and an imag- imagination and it's promoting that which is fantastic it's well i think it's- essentially the monster supplies helps fund the the story side doesn't it is that right i think so yeah i mean you know hats off uh, to him um, mm. for putting all this effort in absolutely and, uh, brilliant project yeah it's fantastic so um yeah go and go and check it out i think nick hornby's involved in some okay. some way Going on to design stuff, because we've been trying to talk a bit more about design stuff. Adobe XD is a web design app that I really like. And have we spoken about this before? I think I was wondering if, where do we go? Because the other alternative is this thing called Figma, which is great for, I think, teams and design Mm. systems and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't really cater for people designing a more bespoke, less grid-related experience on the web. Yeah, um, and I wonder where where that product lies. Uh, I don't really want to learn another app. <laughs> I really don't. So um, 
that's uh, that's a bit of a worry. Are these sort of apps <clears throat> for designers or agencies that produce just stuff off a like a treadmill of design? You know, are they are they for people who design similar stuff constantly? Is that the kind of app it is? Is there the kind of uh... yeah? I think it allows you to put in almost like a a brand guidelines mm. system settings, and then apply that across the board to different uh, screen widths, screen sizes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it keeps it all synced. And because it's online, it's a shared experience. Mm. Um, uh, uh, but I have no interest in, I don't need any of that stuff. I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic, but it's not my bag. So I'll probably just stick with Illustrator now um, yeah. if, if XD is going to go away. Um, and Sketch is, uh, is another one, is sort of one of the trio. And that's been laying off staff, so I don't know. I wonder if Sketch has gone to a um, subscription model and that's why they're struggling. But I still don't understand how companies can say they can't sell products, uh, software products for a cost <laughs> and not have a subscription. Um, uh, not when I say, what am I saying? Is is that they have to go to the subscription because that's the only way they can mo- make money. Mm. I can't, because... The other big release this week is Affinity. So Affinity make a sort of a light sort of version of InDesign Illustrator and Photoshop. And they are charging eighty nine ninety nine at the moment, if you want to go and get it, for all of their s- software on Windows, Mac, and iPad. And that's a one-off, a one-off. fixed cost. Now, surely they must be making money, right? I mean, they, can't, yeah. they wouldn't just be like, oh, we're going to give... So why... Why are we at this situation? It's the leanness, isn't it, of these companies that have come out, like Procreate, who've got yeah. probably one of the best art apps available, and it costs you eight ninety nine or something. Yeah. Um, it's the leanness of them. I mean, if you think about, you know, Adobe is like the NHS, isn't it? It's, you know, it's a a 40-year-old behemoth of yeah. a company with, you know, there's probably an awful lot of fat in every department. I think there's a lot of there's probably a lot of stickiness of kind of um, people being used to using Adobe apps, especially oh, at our age. I mean, we've been yeah. using them for what twenty five, thirty yeah. years. It's very tempting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If I didn't have stuff like I needed to use Audition, uh, which is like the sound thing, or, or Premiere for some like little light video editing or mm-hmm. Lightroom, then I'd be straight on this and and relearning them because it's an absolute steal, ninety quid. For, yeah. for that and that's that's all your cost because it's you know it's probably i don't know what what's adobe at the moment um well if you haggle them down it's 33 quid a month for the full suite of stuff okay so it's like 400 quid a year yeah but the yeah. annoying thing about the adobe cloud subscription is you can buy is it you can get one product yeah or you can get the whole lot yeah, there's no kind of in between. No, you remember no. when it was a when it was a physical product, you used to be able to buy different boxes, didn't you? you used to be able to get Illustrator and InDesign or yeah. Photoshop and Premiere or whatever, and you used to you know get them as a group. They should do that kind of thing. So you know, they should have an illustration package or a photographer's package. Yeah, they did for a while, didn't they? Yeah. They just had like the three, the triumvirate, as it were, and you got uh, Acrobat on the on the side. But now, yeah, now and I subscribe to the lot because. You know, I use InDesign and Illustrator and Photoshop and Lightroom, but that's it. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I've got like another twelve products I'm paying for that I don't use at all. 
I wonder what the friction would be to try out Affinity Two if you're not mm. a, if you're a light user, it's perfect. Yeah. But if you're not, if you're a heavy user, what what is that friction like? I don't know. Is anybody going to be brave enough to take it? Yeah. Um, but they certainly set the price at a, at a competitive. Uh, I mean, I wonder if one of the reasons level. they're having to go to the subscription model is because you know new designers or artists coming to it aren't going down the Adobe route. No. So, you know, they're they're almost having to squeeze more money out of their existing user base. But then you just get this sort of this drop off, don't you? It's Mm. like it's like the TV streaming um, apps. I've just turned off Netflix and now TV, which is Sky or HBO, Um, because it's like they've been squeezing the prices up. You know, you start off with a little demo, a little uh, trial of, say, eight quid a month, but it's now like 20 quid a month. And then somebody last night at the gaming thing was saying that their their Sky bill is nearly a hundred pounds a month. It's insane. Yeah, um, we have we have. So you've got to be careful, haven't you, with <clears throat> with subscription? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do all that up. And well, we've got Sky, but we've got like the most basic thing. I think it's thirty nine quid a month. Mm. That's still a, a whack, isn't it? It is. Uh, what's another cool thing? Oh, another nice uh, talking about. Um, digital uh, artwork uh, tools there's mm. a company called Tr- uh, true grit texture supply they make uh, brushes for um, procreate and photoshop and stuff like okay that. and i really like their stuff and they've just <clears throat> released and you'll you'll be interested in this uh copic style alcohol marker pen <laughs> and it's called color mark with a k oh, yeah. um i've got their pencil um one they're not expensive they're like 10 20 dollars oh, that's um, nice and their pens and pencils are really, really first class. Really, yeah, they look them. good, and they have a really nice textures as well. So they have like half tone dots. So they've got, you know, if you're doing comic books and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, color marks just out. Oh, definitely have to have a look at that. This is the this is the gaming guys. Um, this game sounds really interesting. It's an RPG. It's called Vassen. Vas, I think I've said that right in Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um. It's the premise of it is that you are a team of sort of monster hunters um, going out into the wilds of, of Scandinavia to find um, uh, cre- and sort of uh, catalog magical creatures. So trolls and all sorts of legends from time. But they've just cool. released a, uh, a British version of it. So it's got lots of British folklore oh, nice. creatures. Um, and I just thought as an RPG, it just sounds absolutely brilliant where you you know, you go off on these quests to, I don't know, investigate missing villages and yeah. see what happens. So it's sort of got a bit of a sort of a gothic feeling about it. But I really love the illustrations as well. I think they've done a, a cracking job with the branding. Yeah, that looks it's really a nice. f- free league publishing, which is a Swedish firm. They make the um, the Alien RPG, which have been really oh, okay. well received. Yeah. Um, and uh, a fantastic business. So well worth going to have a look at their website if you're interested in mm. that kind of thing. Uh, speaking of Nordic uh, monsters, there's a new film coming out called Troll. Oh, yeah. Which is a, kind of like a monster movie about uh, giant Online abuse. troll. <laughs> uh, it's made by, did you see the film The Wave, which was a Norwegian film about uh, a tidal wave that hits oh, right. one of the Norwegian fjords? No. And it's a great little film, but it's by the same director. Uh, and it looks really good. And it's got feels of Shin Godzilla, okay. which is uh, one of the later Godzilla films from, is it Toho? Um, 
and it's like uh, Shin Godzilla's. It's not just about the monster; it's about the the kind of bureaucratic response to it, which sounds incredibly dull, but it makes for a great film. And this troll film has a similar sort of feel to it. It's about how uh, Norway kind of copes with this giant creature from myth suddenly appearing and threatening Oslo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So keep your eyes peeled for Troll. Uh, Kickstarter, uh, Theneborn, who made Escape the Dark Castle and Escape the Dark Sector game, which is mm-hmm. a kind of uh, um, adventure, uh, co- collaborative adventure card game. Um, they have teamed up with the team that made uh, the Naughty Dog Studios, which is a gaming studio, who made Last of Us for yeah. PlayStation. I watched my brother play it for about an hour and then felt sick and had to uh, stop. <laughs> but um, it's basically a post-apocalyptic journey across America. But they are, yeah. they're using the engine that they've used for their other games, and they're making a, a game of The Last of Us with uh, very nice little minifigs. Uh, I won't be backing it because I've already got the other two games. But um, if you're into uh, The Last of Us, then it's definitely worth uh, picking up because it, it's continued their sort of very mono, monochromatic design aesthetic on the on the actual board game as well. So that's, yeah, that looks uh, good. Kickstarter, Themeborn, The Last of Us looks very nice, and it's uh, it's running at the moment. I don't know how much they've made so far. Four hundred and thirty uh, grand. Well, there we go. Well, they've got so, they've got three weeks left. And they were, yeah, they needed 120 grand and they are really, really excellent at fulfilling their, um, their games. They're really good quality. Cool. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to move you slowly onto the, uh, the, the creaking, uh, world of, uh, online discourse. AI. How's AI going? Well, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't because it's getting so good yeah. that it genuinely is going to be a threat to a lot of artists. There's a uh, there's a response by an artist called Stephen Zapata. Have you okay. heard of them? No. Uh, and it's on YouTube. They've put a video on, and it's a kind of it's a it's a plea to the artist community to fight this at, on every level. And I'm mm. I, I'm afraid that I think the boat has sailed. But um, it's definitely worth worth listening to. And all of his arguments are very uh, cogent and well reasoned. But uh, it does sound quite militant. His sort of yeah. His stance against it, but I think that's the only way to 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 protest against it. I don't it, think there's anything you can do about it now. No, it's interesting that the people behind Dali, which is one of these AI art things, so they they basically send out you know kind of like I don't know an internet bot that scrapes images from people's Etsy pages from wherever, but they've stated. The people behind Dali have stated publicly that they're not going to do the same with their music AI program because of copyright issues. Yeah. But they are prepared to do it for art. And that is simply because the copyright issues they'll run into with music are the big music corporations who have got a history of going after copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing like that in art, is there? Because, you know, all artists are all just out there alone. Yeah, but I think my one glimmer of hope is that I think it would only take one kind of class action lawsuit to change things quite dramatically. But it's it's a it's a really depressing state of affairs. All the Getty and Shutterstock are going to start having AI generated images. Yeah, and they and you, they're 
they're going to recompense people um, you like. whose whose images are used to create these, but whether or not you have to be a, a, a subscriber a user to or, them, yeah, yeah, it's just. It's, so it's, a it's a mess. And so like bloggers, small publishers, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff who want to create headers for their articles, they're yeah. saying, I oh, know now I don't have to pay $40, $50 to re- license an image from Getty. I can just generate it on the fly. Exactly. So, I mean, the resistance from them is going to be minimal, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, unless, a, unless creators have got a, a really good relationship with artists, you know, that they've got some sort of kind of loyalty to then of course they're just going to go down the cheaper option. Yeah. And as these AI engines get better and better, you know, they they're probably going to get art that they couldn't have afforded. But it's just uh, it's it's not good. It's yeah, it's um it's tech bros mate. Um oh know, it is. It's, Absolutely. It'll get they're... us onto the the person I probably detest the most in the world. Yeah, more than Liz Trust. Um there's a site called Have I Been Trained and you can actually search your own images yes. online. I searched your tentacle island <laughs> and um that has been scraped has um, it yep and it's been used by lion 5b training data i don't know who's using that um it says you can opt into or out of ai art systems why not just opt in you know just yeah. have opt in um yeah. but no one you know there's always going to be someone who's going to make an opt an opt out version isn't there exactly i really <sighs> yeah feel for you illustrators sorry man well, um, I mean, I think it's going to push me to to create more products, you know, write more, another weird field book, more insmouth stuff, kind of written, illustrated products that uh-huh. people are going to want. Um, yeah. I've already decided that I'm definitely going to apply for Thought Bubble next year, having my annual Thought Bubble regret at the minute. Oh, lovely chaffinch just... Landed on my oh, bird all the birds feeder. are back, all aren't they? All of yeah. a sudden, yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's going to push me down that route, um, and particularly because social media seems to have gone incredibly quickly to hell in a handcart thanks <laughs> to Mister Musk. Tell us, tell us, Rob. Tell us what's been happening. Oh God, it's horrific. Is it? Is uh, it that bad? I mean, I haven't really been. I mean, it, is it as bad as it was before? Has it no, got worse? It's, it's much, much worse. All right. So not not the experience of being on Twitter that hasn't got any worse. It's just filth. It's it's not even that. My experience of Twitter is great. I know yeah. you do. You're not a big social media person, but I've met people on there that who I love talking to. Ninety five percent of my income from art has come via Twitter. Probably, um, I've connected with artists who I love, kind of personally on there. Um, it's a community. It's a new source. It's interesting. I love Twitter. Yeah. But he's absolutely going to break it into the ground. Uh, uh, it won't be there in a year. You don't think? No. He's, he's so stupid. Uh, so all the things he's talking about doing are just going to destroy it. He's talking about putting the entire site behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. So you literally won't see anyone's tweets unless they are paying $8 a month. Like Facebook. Yeah. Well, you'd have to go and look at their profile to see their tweets. So they just wouldn't organically show up in any timeline, even if you're following them. Uh, He's fired. I mean, this is why it's ridiculous and why I think it's doomed. 
He's fired half the company, but he's fired technical people, comms people. I mean, the release notes for the, the last app release looked like he'd written them. I mean, they were just awful. Um, he's fired all his compliance people, his safety people. Um, Twitter, last year or a couple of years ago, got fined $150 million or something by the FTC in America. And one of the things that they had to comply with after that was that any major changes to the service have to be approved by the FTC. Mm-hmm. And he's already changed half a dozen things. People are expecting, who know the FTC and the tech landscape in America, are fully expecting Twitter to get landed with billions in fines. The FTC fined Facebook $5 billion, and they're, they're fully expecting Twitter to go the same way. Twitter was losing, you know, $100 million a year or something before he talked about buying it. It's now losing $400 million a year, and he saddled it with $13 billion of debt that's going to cost him a billion dollars a year in interest. Wow. How can it, how can it work? It can't. If you look at the, the prices of the, the debt that's associated with Twitter now, it values the company at $8 billion. He paid $44 billion. Yeah. I mean, it's just appalling. He's putting the weight of FTC compliance on engineers. So instead of doing compliance checks, he's saying to engineers, any code you write have to be, has to be compliant with FTC stuff. And he's sacked half the engineers. How are they going to cope? I mean, it's not even, give it a month, it'll be crashing every other day. Hmm. He's just absolutely destroying it. And it's... Sad. I mean, it's hilarious to watch a billionaire lose billions because he's a prick and an idiot. But uh, it's really sad because you know there are yeah, it's it's a source of community for people that you, it's really hard to replace. It's sort of highlighting the problem with being a libertarian, isn't it? That um, it's all very well having liberal views and wanting to open everything up to uh, to the freedom of the markets or the mm. freedom of speech but if it happens to you then it's it's generally not not a good thing so yeah. um, and he'll he's experiencing that firsthand now isn't he yeah um he's very very prickly very precious um slightly psychotic he's a lot <clears throat> like somebody else who uh he's going to be letting back onto the platform soon isn't he he is they're very similar personality yeah they do it's so, just yeah. it's just crazy but I do think that Twitter's like it's boiled over, hasn't it? It's gone into a sort of Brexit mode already. I mean, it, it has been like that for a while. But you know, even just the pylons for any comment that's put on ever, it just yeah. I've stopped reading discourse. I just read headline <laughs> bit. And it I, used to be like you'd follow a conversation and you'd join in, and you know you'd have there'd be good bants mm. if you were into that kind of thing. No, it just seems abusive, or people question you, or they come up with a. Oh, have you, you, surely you've tried this method or, you know, it's just everything is about not conversation is about shutting it down and talking about them. And it's, it's turned into an Instagram with words, really. I, I get what you mean, but that's not really my experience of Twitter. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met you, Rob. So, yeah, uh, and exactly. I, so I, I, I know I can, I, I see its benefits. I'm not, yeah. my personality type doesn't sit with social media very well, mm. but that's not my complaint about Twitter. It's the fact that it's an, it's never made any money. It's never really looked like making any money, but it's tried to sell itself as a an enormous global media mm. conglomerate. 
So you think it's going to, that's going to be it. Um, so what's I, I the alternative? Do what can gonna, people I do? do? Think he's, I do think he's going to break it completely. Well, what a lot of people are doing is they're going to Mastodon. Right. Which is tiny. Do you know about Mastodon? I've, I've have, I've had a registered account on it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's horrific. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like an open source thing, uh, yeah, which is so generally, part of the uh, I've, de- I've designed this to be as unusable as possible. The, the sign up for it is the, the clunkiest, most confusing thing you could imagine. Yeah. Um, because it's made up of disparate servers. Um, it kind of asks you to log into a server and then you try and log in online and it doesn't work and you try and log in a different browser and it doesn't recognize it. So that's kind of horrific, but the actual experience once you're in isn't bad. Um, it's like it feels like early Twitter. Okay, can you post um, images and videos? Yeah, and yeah, stuff? yeah. Images, videos, uh, it has um, retweeting, DMs. Okay, know, it's got the. Lot. How do you, and what else has it got? What's extra that isn't on well, Twitter? Well, no, I don't really think there's anything extra. It's but because it's part of this Fediverse, which is this federated universe so this open protocol stuff yeah it feels like a friendlier more inclusive place but whether that will survive scale is another thing altogether so because all the servers are there's no central you know mastodon repository of money that manages things so all the servers are kind of independently managed and paid for and moderated. Um, so I think moderation is one of the things that is going to be hardest to keep at scale because they're very strict on offensive stuff, uh, you know, Nazis, homophobia, anything that you generally think is, is bad tends to get kicked off the Mastodon servers. Um, but you know, if if these things are just run by one person in their bedroom, I don't know how the moderation is going to scale. The server I'm on is just the social one, and that's gone from something like eight thousand users to seventy thousand users in a week. All right. So you could so you could create a mastodon that is illustrators or designers. Absolutely. You could set up one for painting miniatures. Right. I could set up one for bird photography. And you can invite people to that. And I guess if you keep it private, so it's invite only, that becomes almost like a WhatsApp group or, okay. a, or a forum just for you and your people with that interest. Oh, right. so or you can like open path. it up. Yeah, and you can open it up. So you can look directly at a feed of a server and see the uh, chronological content of everyone that's on that server. Is that like looking into a palantir? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, or you can just kind of see your feed, which is the people you follow. And you can oh, okay. follow people across multiple servers. And how do you get from one server to another server? Well, you don't really. You, you can migrate your thing, but it kind of doesn't matter. If you right. if you use it like Twitter, where you're just looking at the people you follow uh, or content that they retweet into your feed, it doesn't matter what server anyone is on. Oh, okay. And that's how the majority of people view the stuff. But how would you find those people if they were on other servers? Finding people is clunky. Again, yeah. I've been using tools to find people from Twitter yeah. who've got Mastodon uh, usernames in their profile headers. 
Yeah. Tell me what they call a tweet on Mastodon. It's ridiculous. Are you really going to make me do this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's called a toot. That is just awful. It it is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I guess it's named after a mammoth, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess so. Did they toot? toot? They that was that I, noise I they made. Toot, toot. I mean, I, I mean, I would imagine it's more of a baritone thing. It's than quite cute, toot, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. But no, I've kind of found the experience of being on there quite nice, and engagement oh, right. seems quite high. Okay, because it's purely chronological. There's no ads. There's no algorithm. So that's mm-hmm. quite nice. But I'm getting, you know, as more, if not more likes on Mastodon and retweets than I am on Twitter for the same content, which given oh. that I've got a tenth of the number of users. Well, that's, that's about the percentage, isn't it? We, yeah. we've, we've established in the past that yeah. well, that was, you know, mm. when you send a post out, yeah. one tenth of the people see it. All right, well, I'll, so that's um, an option. So I'll, I'll try and find you, and you are this northern boy, are you? I'm you Rob this northern boy everywhere. Yeah, probably best to keep the same, right, if you're moving? Yeah, I made a point on... Twitter of saying to people if they're going to move to Mastodon, keep your username, keep your avatar image, yeah, because otherwise no one's going to know who the hell you are. Okay, so um, but yeah, right. it's fun. But I, you know, people are flocking to Tumblr as well. You know, going yeah, Tumblr is a nice space, but, but it's, it's not, not very sociable. It's not really. Um, no, it's like a micro blog, isn't it? It's a, it's a, you know, yeah. and people are saying you know go go back onto blogging and all that kind of stuff, but people can't be bothered. Mm. Um, and the curating comments on your own website it's just filth isn't it it's like cleaning the drains so um uh, i don't know i mean mastodon i mean you know i wish i wish them all the luck (laughs) and hopefully they'll improve the uh the usability of it i think the the biggest problem will be the the sort of the the sticking point is the is the sign-on process it's got Mm -hmm. to be really easy and even i remember even twitter at the beginning the concept of hashtags and all that kind of stuff was very alien to everybody it when was. they started using it and you had to you normally had to have a like a face-to-face meeting with somebody who knew how it worked to in order to understand how it worked exactly um, but what mastodon has going for it, it yeah it's got a clunky sign on and it's confusing with the service but actually the functionality is exactly like twitter okay. so once and you it's read, hashtags as well yeah, is that hashtags, the only way you can search hashtags is the best way to search for people for oh anything. i like i like that i like yeah. a hashtag it's good yeah hashtag Awesome. We'll try. Yeah. Yeah. If you are fleeing Twitter, then Mastodon is uh, is your bag. Yes. That was a DJ sort it of was. response to it. I like uh, it. Have you got a website of the week? Well, I had Mastodon in there. Oh, okay. Um, so how do you sign up for Mastodon? Is there a, what's the website called that join, you have to go to? Joinmastodon.org. Ah, okay. Yeah, because it, it tries to send you to mastodon.social, and I think that's a server instance? Is that it? is a server instance. Is that what instance, they call yeah. it? You can sign in via the servers, I think, as well. lingo already. Yeah. Server instance, yes. Very, okay. very good. My website of the week is a GitHub page. No, what? <laughs> I know. Uh, but it is Merlin Mann, who I love, is a uh, kind of uh, yeah, a podcaster. Let's call him a okay. podcaster. I, I know the name. He's been just collecting his little uh, pearls of wisdom. Okay. Putting, it, putting them into a, a markdown uh, doc, and it's just full of really interesting gems. Uh, let me give you a couple of his examples. Whoever wants the meeting most usually holds the least power. Mm-hmm. Never try to bribe someone unless the amount you're offering them feels ludicrously high. And the best one is always make all the bacon. 
<laughs> that is a good that is good advice. So it's just it's a long, long, long article that's just full of bombo bombo uh, Merlin Man forward slash wisdom dot md, which means markdown. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'll have a I'll have a browse through that. Yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. So what have you got? What, what you I have got a pork pie, John, from yep. Robson's Butchers. Oh, which I've had many a time, but I was pushed for time. I haven't looked, but let's just see. John, he's got jelly. There you go. Cheers. Same from my uh, my they're, bakers. They're very similar looking pork it's pies. Got, aren't they? Yeah, they might be from the same place. Might yeah. They? I'm cutting it through. Pastry is quite crisp. I'm having it with some English mustard. I don't normally have a condiment, but um, mm. I fancied a bit of mustard. We should have timed this better so one of us could speak. I can edit it. Well, mine's good. I left it out at room temperature, which really is important for the taste. If you're eating a pot pie, get it out of the fridge. Lovely, salty jelly. Delicious. I've got mine with a little bit of PHB sauce, Mm, which I like with a pie. It's weird. Um, It's not weird at all. Well, the pork bit of it is too processed, but the jelly is absolutely spot on. And the pastry is really, really good, actually. It's, It's quite dark and quite well cooked mm. it's not very crispy because it's been in the fridge for a couple of days yeah same with same with mine i don't know who made it it has no provenance no so i'm gonna i'm gonna attribute that to um to loaf up the road okay um and i'm gonna give that it's a really pleasant bought by with a beer i'm gonna give that a seven a seven mm-hmm. 7.2 oh he's edged it yeah but it is is that robson's in hampton, hampton hill yeah <clears throat> very good butchers I nearly had a fight with the bloke in there today because uh, he was just ahead of me in the queue and he took what appeared to be the last pot pie. Oh, my God. Thankfully, I didn't have to beat him to death with uh, a lump of brie because there were Never get between a Yorkshireman and the last pie. I know. No, it's a very good pie. All right. Excellent. Very good episode. It Um, was. I enjoyed that. Even if I say so myself. Um, You're allowed. So if you're one of our 11 listeners um, and you're not from Guam, then um, please do get in touch. No, even if you're from Guam. I'd like do. to hear from the people from Guam again. Do we need to uh, register North, be South on Mastodon? On Mastodon. Mastodon. Shall I do that? Mastodon. Mastodon. I'll do that. Um, do you? Are you Although do that? I don't know how easy it is to switch between accounts because there's no app. Well, no app on desktop, I don't think. Or maybe there right. probably is some third No, I found one and it was absolutely appalling. Mm. I deleted it already. The iOS app is okay. I haven't done anything on it. I just read. I just. I. I don't know how long ago I registered, but um, I just moved it to one that based on the UK. But it mm. just keeps crashing, and um, oh, yeah. nothing ever loads. No. I see. The social server seems to work fine. All right, I'll look you up. And All right, annoy you. Cool. Well, let's do this again soon, John. Yes, let's do it next week. Let's do it next week, and then the week after, I shall be in York. Oh, how Heading nice. up, it's my niece's 18th birthday. Oh, well. Which makes birthday, me feel niece. terribly what's, old. What's her name? Evie. Evie, what a lovely name. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Evie. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So I'll spend a few days up in York and then back down towards the end of the event. Right, well, I better get back to work. Um, yes, you best. All right. Cheerio. Bye. Bye-bye.